First Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. One of the great challenges of Scripture. One of the hardest things to hear as a Christian. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16 says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. How in the world is that possible? How in the world can I be holy as God is holy? How in the world can you be holy as God is holy? God, we know that God is holy. We sang the song earlier. I see the Lord seated on the throne. We sang it, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. That he is holy and we are not. We realize this. We recognize this. We know our sinfulness all too well. We know the struggles that we have, the temptations that we face, the trials that we go through, and how it shakes our faith and it rocks our world. You know, we know that God is holy and we can, He cannot tolerate sin, that sin cannot be in His presence, and we know how sinful we are. We, you know, me, I mean, I, I struggle with sin every day. You, you struggle with sin every day, right? R- right? Okay, I'm not alone in this, just making sure. We struggle with sin every day. We, we feel like Paul felt in Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. This is what Paul wrote. He said, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin that is living in me that does it. Any of you feel that way? I didn't see many hands, but I heard a lot of, "Mm mm-hmm. We know the sin that we're not supposed to do, yet we do it anyway. We know the good things that we are supposed to do, and those things we don't do. It's it's an incredible tongue twister of Scripture. The the do's and the do not want to do's, and the, the do's I don't do, and the do's that I should do that I don't do. We're all too aware of our own struggles and sinfulness, and all too aware of our temptations and our failures it seems like holiness is the furthest thing away from us when we think about being holy as god is holy we think holy moly there's no way i can do this you know if i just if i just fake it till i make it you know if i just fake it till i i make it then then i'll be okay but we realize we know we're not fooling anybody we're not fooling god there's no way we're not fooling others, and we're certainly not fooling God. And so we can, like I said, we can try and fake it till we make it, but we're not going to make it. You know, we, we feel like there's no progress in our spiritual journey. Any of you ever feel that way? Like you're just not making any progress in your spiritual journey. Yep, I see heads shaking. Yep. Words with friends. We've been talking about this on Sunday mornings uh, for the last four weeks. We talked about words that have to do with salvation. We talked about grace. We talked about... Um, sacrifice and how jesus made a sacrifice for our sins well last week last week we talked about justification that great big word that means uh that it's just we talked about being justified it's just as if i'd never sinned love that that's awesome well today we're talking about sanctification uh we're talking about um how god's grace 
is applied to our lives through the sacrificial death of Jesus, and we are justified. Our sins are forgiven. The slate is wiped clean. And no longer do we live in bondage to our sins, but rather we can live, we can really, really live an abundant life of holiness and righteousness. But how do we do that? How do we live this life of holiness? How do we live this life of righteousness? That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how God wants to make us holy. And that is the process of sanctification. That's a great big word. Sanctification. And we're going to talk about, first of all, what that word means. So what does sanctification mean? Grab your bulletin. Turn to the HDO on the back page. And uh, you'll see that question right there at the top of the HDO. And uh, turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians. Grab your Bible. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. We're going to look at those verses in just a little bit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. But I want to pray as we begin here um, that God would open our hearts and minds uh, to uh, what he wants us to, to learn today. So let's pray and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and glory for this awesome word, sanctification, that the process of being sanctified is one that takes a lifetime. But Lord, we know that because of the Holy Spirit living in us, that you're not done with us, that we are works in progress, and that God, you're going to make something beautiful out of our lives, and that you are working on that process of transformation and sanctification all the time. Pray that you'd help us surrender and submit to the power of the Holy Spirit, that we might do what you would have us to do to live a life of holiness. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the first thing we got to do is we got to figure out, okay, what does sanctification mean? What is the definition of sanctification? It's very simple. Sanctification, we're going to give you a definition right here. Sanctification um, is the process of being made holy. It is the process of being made holy. Again, God wants us to be Holy. We saw that the very first thing that we, the very first passage of scripture we looked at, First Peter chapter one, to be holy as God is holy. So God's expectation, His expectation of His people, is holiness. Oh man, how is this possible? That's what we're going to talk about. Just hold on. It's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Let's look at First uh, Thessalonians four verses three through eight. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should, take, should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God who gives you his Holy Spirit. So we see that it is God's will, it is God's great desire that we should not only live lives of holy, but that we should be sanctified. So God's greatest, one of God's greatest desires of his people is that we would be sanctified, that we would go through this process of sanctification, this process of being made holy. Now, how do we do that? Again, it feels like we're not making any progress. Think about your faith journey for just a moment, okay? Where you've been and what you've done and where you are now. If I were to ask you, how much progress have you made in your journey of faith 
in the last two weeks? How many of you would say, oh, I made huge strides? You think about yourself two weeks ago. Are you, are you any different than you were two weeks ago? Maybe a little bit? Oh, I'm working on it. I'm a little bit better. I'm a little more faith, I guess. You know, I'm a little stronger. But Now, okay, how about a year ago? Where were you a year ago? How about two years ago? How about five years ago? Where were you five years ago? What about ten years ago? Or twenty? So you're like, I'm not even twenty years old yet. Yeah, okay, fine. But where were you ten years ago compared to where you are now? Can you see a difference in your life? Most importantly, is it a good difference? That, that's the important thing. I mean, you're hopefully getting better, right? Becoming more holy, becoming more like Jesus than you were a week ago or maybe two weeks ago or even a year ago. I mean, how have you changed? How has God transformed your life? How is God sanctifying you by His Holy Spirit? Can you see a difference? Can you see a change? Is there a change that is coming over you? Are you becoming more like Jesus in this journey of faith? Like I said, if you look at yourself 10 years ago and then look at yourself now, how does that feel? You feel like you're making progress? You feel like you're getting stronger? Feel like you're getting better? Becoming a little more holy? Becoming a little more like Jesus? Because that's what it is. Again, you may feel, I haven't made much progress the last two weeks, but in the last two years, I've come a long way. That's the awesome thing about sanctification. That's the amazing thing about sanctification is that it is a process. It is, sanctification is not a uh, destination. The Christian life is, I've said it before, it is a marathon, not a sprint. Okay, it's not like, okay, I've arrived, I'm, 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 I've, I've made it. We don't make it until we cross the finish line into heaven. Until that time, until we cross that finish line, it is a process of being sanctified. It's a process of sanctification. And it takes a lifetime to get there, to where God wants us to be. And so if you feel like, well, I just I don't feel like I've arrived yet, good, because you haven't. You're a work in progress. I love uh, during the worship time when Nikki was praying, she said, she talked about, about how we're a work in progress. And I just like, oh, that's so awesome. That's what I'm going to talk about too. I love it when God does stuff like that. Because we are. We are works in, you're a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. I have not arrived. You have not arrived. We're still working towards that goal. We're still moving towards that goal. And the good news is, is that it's not on us. It's not on you. It's, it's not about what you can do and what I can do. It's about what's being done to us. I'll get into that in just a second. But I want you to know you are a work in progress. God's not finished with you just yet. So you may think, oh, I've got so far to go. That's all right, because God's going to be with you every step of the way. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to change you. He's going to transform you. He is going to sanctify you. Somebody was asked, what is the life of a Christian like? You know, what's it like to be a Christian? This woman asks her coworker, and the coworker responds, it's like being a pumpkin. It's like being a pumpkin. She says, God picks you from the patch, brings you in, and washes all the dirt off of you. Then he cuts off the top, scoops out all the yucky stuff. 
He removes the seeds of doubt, hate, and greed, and then he carves you with a new smiling face and puts his light inside of you to shine for all the world to see. Isn't that neat? I'm looking at a room full of pumpkins. You know, that's what we are. We're all pumpkins. God scoops out all that yucky stuff, and it's yucky too. How have you ever carved a pumpkin? Man, what a disgusting job that is. You know, you cut off the top, and it's like, oh, it stinks, and there's all kinds of goop, and it's slimy, and ugh. But God scoops out all that yucky stuff out of our lives, and then he puts his light inside of us to shine for all the world to see. I love that. We are pumpkins in God's hands. So how are we sanctified? There's three ways that we're sanctified. We're going to talk about those in just a minute. In John chapter 17, Jesus was praying for his disciples. And he prayed for his disciples. And he prayed for those who would believe through their message. But he prayed for them first. Jesus prayed for his disciples first. And this is what he prayed in verse 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. He prayed that they would be sanctified by the truth. And that is the truth of God's word. That Jesus wanted his disciples to be sanctified. He wanted them to be holy. So how are we made holy? The first blank on your outline, the first blank on the HDO, is that we are sanctified by God's word. We are sanctified by the word of God. We are sanctified by the word of God. Again, the word sanctified is to be made holy. That we are to be holy. And what does it mean to be holy? It means to be set apart. It means that to be special, to be unique, to be set apart as special and unique. That that is what God does to us. He sets us apart and he makes us holy. Through the power and the truth of his word, Jesus asked the Father to set the disciples apart as holy. You know, one of the reasons that God gave us his word is to make us holy. That we might study it, that we might read it. That's one of the reasons he gave us his word is so that we would read it. It's not so that we can just, you know, write in a bunch of information about, you know, people who were born and, you know, like the old family Bible, right? And you write all the information about who was born and when they got married and, and all that stuff. That's, that's not why we have the Bible is God's love letter to us and he wants us to read it. Could you imagine if your loved one went off to war and, and wrote a bunch of letters back home and you just, oh, it's another letter from John, eh, throw it in the box. But you never open the letter to read what's going on? You know, I send all these wonderful letters back home and it's like, never open up and read them? God has given us a love letter. He has sent us a letter and it's called the Bible and yet we don't open it. We don't read it. And we get all caught up in things like, well, I, you know, I'm too busy to read my Bible. Really too busy to read a love letter from the God of the universe. God has sent us his word to make us holy so that by reading his word and studying his word we might know his expectations of us we might know how to live a holy life god's word is it's like a measuring stick it's a measuring stick that tells us how much like christ we are becoming that the if you want to know what it's like to be like jesus then you got to read your bible because the bible tells you all about who jesus is and what jesus did and tells us how to become more like him and that's the goal. To me, the, the, the goal of being a Christian is to become more like Jesus. And if I never read about Jesus' story, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if I never read about his story, I won't know what it means to look like Jesus. I may have a completely misconstrued idea of what it means to be a follower of Christ, 
if I never open the Bible to see what the Bible says and what God says about being a follower of Christ. That's the reason that he gave us his word. It's like I said, it's like a measuring stick. It helps us know what Christ looks like as we read his story in the Bible and then we learn about who God is, we learn about what Jesus did and what Jesus looks like and we can become more like him. It's how we become holy. It's by reading God's word. Second blank on your outline. We are sanctified by faith in Jesus we are sanctified by faith in Jesus. In Acts chapter 26, Paul was giving his testimony to King Agrippa. And uh, he was telling how he was converted to faith in Christ. The Jews were coming against Paul and uh, were accusing him um, of inciting riots and things like that. And so uh, he was con- Paul gets up to tell King Agrippa about the accusations and about who he was and about what happened to him. And he talks about how he was on the road to Damascus, that he was persecuting Christians and he was going to Damascus to throw Christians into prison and to persecute the church. And then all of a sudden, a blinding, blazing light from heaven shone on Paul and knocked him to the ground and he heard the voice of Jesus. And Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He says that Jesus appeared to him and told him that he would preach and testify to the Jews and Gentiles about Jesus. And look here at verse 18. I am sending you to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me, Jesus said. Those who put their faith and trust in Christ are sanctified by their faith in Jesus. We are saved by God's grace through faith in his son. Jesus died on the cross for our many sins, and he died for every sin we've ever committed. And he has brought us forgiveness from our sins by God's grace, that if we will believe in him and repent from sin and confess publicly and be baptized, our sins will be forgiven. They will be washed away. The slate is wiped clean, like what we talked about last week, that we are justified by God's grace through faith in Christ. And now we, we find out that we are sanctified. Our sins are forgiven. And when we are sanctified, uh, when we are justified, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter said, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That when we get baptized, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, comes to dwell inside of us, and we have this awesome power of God living inside of us. That the God of the universe dwells in our hearts and makes us more like Jesus. And we receive this gift of the Holy Spirit by faith. And the Holy Spirit is what makes all the difference. That's the third blank on your outline. We are sanctified by the Holy Spirit. We are sanctified by the Holy Spirit. If I walked up to you this morning at chapter 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 20, eh. if I walked up to you at 1020 a.m. this morning, and I said to you, um, in my notes, it says 10 colon 20. That means chapter 10, verse 20. If I walked up to you at 1020 this morning and I said, Brian, I need you to preach for me today. I need you to preach a sermon on sanctification. Brian would say, what? I need you to preach a sermon for me. I need you to get up and preach for me. I got to run. I got to go somewhere. I got things to do. I need you to get up and preach a sermon for me on sanctification in, in 10 minutes. I would say, no, I can't, man. That's not my job. That's your job. That's not my job. That's your job. You see where I'm going with this? See, we think 
I've got to get my act together. I've got to be holy. I've got to make myself holy. I've got to do the right things and I can't do the wrong things. I've got to stop sinning. I've got to start being better. I've got to start being more like Jesus. I, I, I. That's not your job. That's what sanctification means. It's not your job. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers loved by the Lord, because from the beginning God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. And then here, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. To God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by His blood. Sanctification. This is so important. Sanctification is not something that you do. Sanctification is something that is done to you by the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Okay, because we spend all this time and all this energy and, and we work ourselves and worry ourselves up into a, a frantic frenzy. And it's like, I'm not doing good enough. I'm not doing good enough. I, 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 I got to do better. I got to do better. I got to do better. And we, and we focus all of this energy on ourselves of I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And we completely ignore this third part of sanctification. We completely ignore the fact that it is the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that sanctifies us. When we receive God's gift of salvation by grace through faith, and when we are baptized, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us and begins the process of making us holy. It begins, he begins the process of sanctifying us and sanctification. The process of sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's his job. Not your job, not my job. My job is not to make you holy. The Holy Spirit's job is to make us holy. So if I came up to Brian and said, Brian, I need you to preach a sermon for me. It's 1020. Can you preach a sermon for 10 minutes? No, nope, that's not my job. When somebody comes up and says, are you making yourself holy? That's not your job. That's the job of the Holy Spirit is to make us holy. The Bible never says sanctify yourselves. God's word says that we are to be sanctified. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, so do we just sit back and go, cool, man, I don't have to do nothing, right? I can just sit back, do nothing, and just, you know, just enjoy my life and just do whatever I want. No, we have a job in this. There's something we have to do. We have to submit and surrender to the control of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit isn't going isn't to turn you into a, like some kind of robot it's just, you know, you're under his command all the time and just, you know, you have no, you can say no. The Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? By, by rejecting the Holy Spirit, by turning away from the Holy Spirit, by not doing what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. The Holy Spirit, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of sin and righteousness. That the Holy Spirit says, Psst, don't do that. The Holy Spirit says, you should do this. We have the free will. We have the opportunity. We can say, nope, I don't want to do that. But the Bible tells us that when it comes to sin and temptation, that the Holy Spirit, that God always provides a way out. That when temptation comes calling, there's always a way out. But what do we do? We don't want to take the way out. Oh, that looks like too much. It's like a, a plate of cupcakes. I don't have to eat the cupcake. 
but I want to eat the cupcake. But it's on a bigger level, okay? While cupcakes may be, you know, sinful to my diet, they're not necessarily sinful to the Lord, but, you know, there's opportunities that we have to sin that we can say, no, I don't want to sin. The Holy Spirit says, Sean, you shouldn't do that. And I can say, Holy Spirit, I can either I do one of two things. I can turn away and say, nope, I want to do that. Or I can say, Holy Spirit, I will submit and surrender to your control, to your guidance, to your leadership, and I will do what you tell me to do. The Holy Spirit will not lead you wrong. The Holy Spirit will not lead you to sin. The Holy Spirit will not lead you to uh, rebel or to disobey God. The Holy Spirit will always steer you right. But we have to submit and surrender to the control of the Spirit in our lives. That is how we are sanctified. By, sin, by surrendering the control of our lives to the power of the Holy Spirit. And God gives us the Spirit for our benefit. And when we surrender to the Holy Spirit and say, I'm not doing this, I'm not going to rebel, I'm not going to reject, I'm not going to disobey, I'm not going to turn away, I'm going to obey the Holy Spirit, I'm going to submit and surrender to the Holy Spirit. When that happens, we find that we are sanctified. I have a two-fold challenge for you today. Two-part challenge. The first, you've got to remember this. We are all works in progress. Remember, all right? Say it with me. I am a work in progress. I have not arrived. I am being sanctified. Very nice. That's very good. Congratulations. Yeah. So remember, we are all works in progress. So before you get up on your high horse... Okay, start looking down your nose at everybody else. Hmm, look at them. Look at that person. Can't believe she did that. Can't believe he said that. Before you start criticizing everybody else, say, I can't believe they do that. I can't believe they do that. Remember, we're all works in progress. We are all being changed. We are all being transformed. We are all being sanctified. And we're all at different places in our journey of faith. So rather than criticizing and condemning and saying, nope, shouldn't do that, and you shouldn't do that, first of all, Plank eye yourself first. And second of all, be an encourager. Say, hey, you know what? I kind of overheard you say, there was the story. When I was in high school, I had a wonderful Sunday school teacher. Uh, and she was great. And uh, she was like uh, one of our sponsors in band. And uh, we were the Bulldogs at, at Crown Point. Uh, and uh, the cheerleaders would lead a cheer every uh, football game, and it was uh, give me a B, B, give me a U, U, give me an L, L, give me an L, L, give me a D, D. Only me and my friends changed the D to a different letter and spelled a different word instead of bulldogs. Okay, you see where I'm going with this? All right. I know it's not a very church-appropriate story, but anyway, let me tell you what happened, how this lady convicted me and uh, through the Holy Spirit. Um, she was there at the game when I was up screaming at the top of my lungs, Cuss word, cuss word, cuss word, okay? And so I'm sorry to make you think of a cuss word. I'm, I apologize for that, but bear with me. Um, she comes up to me. I had invited the, my co-leader in this cheer uh, to church. And so and there we are at church. And she comes up to me. She goes, I thought I recognized him. I said, how's that? She's like, he's the one who helped you lead the cheer of conviction. But see, she did it in a loving way. She didn't look down her nose at me. She didn't condemn me. She didn't. She just said, Sean, you can do better. She encouraged me. And so my, my, what I'm saying is that, remember, we're all works in progress. We're all growing. We're all being sanctified. 
before you look down your nose at anybody else and say, mm-mm, can't believe you did that. You're going to hell for that. Be an encourager. Say, come up to him and say, hey, you know what? I heard you say this. I saw you do that. I, I heard this. Is this true? Um, can I help you? How can I help you grow in your faith? How can I help you be more like Jesus? Because I'm in the same boat with you. We're all in this together. Be an encourager. Let iron sharpen iron. Does that make sense? Okay. Second part of my challenge for you today is to allow the Holy Spirit to take control of your life. And I need to allow the Holy Spirit to take control of my life. I need to submit and surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit just as you need to submit and surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit. Do what the Spirit says. Go where the Spirit guides. Go where the Spirit goes. Lead. Follow where the Spirit leads. And, and just do what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. Allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify you. Don't fight Him. Because too often we do that. We try to fight the Spirit. Don't fight the Spirit. You will be more holy. You will become more like Jesus than you can in your power alone. If you're trying to do it by yourself, you are going to fail. If you're trying to do it all on your own, if you're trying, God gave you the Spirit for a reason. And that is to listen to the Holy Spirit and surrender to the Holy Spirit and submit to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit do the work of sanctification in your life. And then we will hear the words of 1 Peter chapter 1. We'll hear these words, but he who called you is holy. Be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. And when you hear those words, you won't cringe and go, oh, I got so far to go. Rather, you'll hear those words and go, Holy Spirit, make that true in my life. Help me to be holy as God is holy. Father God, we need, we need your help. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to change us and to transform us, to make us more like Jesus. Because we can't do it on our own. We are powerless, powerless against sin. We are powerless when it comes to temptation. We need the Holy Spirit to sanctify us, to transform us, to change us, to make us more like Christ. For that is the deepest desire of our souls, is to be more like Jesus, that we might be more loving as He is loving. We might be more forgiving. We might be more merciful. We might be more kind and gentle. We might be more patient. So help us to do that. By the power of your Holy Spirit in our lives, help us to be more like Jesus. Even yet today, help us to remember we are works in progress. We've got a long way to go. But with your help and with your Spirit, we're going to get there. We thank you for this gift of sanctification. We pray these things in Jesus' name.